Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and all those holiday shoppers on the verge of nervous breakdowns. Live from beautiful and snowless East Lansing, Michigan, it's Tea with BVP. Hey everybody out there, I'm your host, BVP, a.k.a. Bill Van Patten, the diva of SLA. As usual with me in the studio are my partners in crime, Walter Hopkins and Angelica Kramer. Say hi, Walter. Say hi, Angelica. Hi, Walter. Hi, Angelica. Hi, Walter. Hi, Angelica. Oh, my God. Oh, no German today. What happened? Oh, oh, let me try. Can I try first? Yeah. No. Fröhliche Weihnachten. Oh, sehr schön. Ja, wunderbar. Das war ja ganz toll. Allerdings sagen wir das ja eigentlich gar nicht, weil man darf ja eigentlich jetzt dir nicht so... Man muss ja politisch korrekt sein, nicht wahr? I'll have the strudel, please. Um, <laughs> by the way... By the way, Walter, last week you demonstrated a perfect thing about language processing when you re when you tried to repeat after Angelica. Yeah. You repeated the beginning of the utterance and the end of the utterance and nothing in between. So you well, gave you a go. perfect <laughs> example everybody out there about the, the primacy and the sense location stuff going on. Wow. I'm I glad like everybody's it. in a good mood. Can you guys believe? I just looked at the date. It is. Look at that. Look at the calendar on the wall. It's December 10th. It's crazy. It's okay, December. I mean, my time flies when you're on Prozac. I tell you. Um, <laughs> I, I, Don't I, laugh at our audience. I could. Oh, <laughs> ouch! Whatever. Oh, oh no! We're, we're just going off the air now, everybody. We're just kidding, you audience. <laughs> we're just kidding, you audience. No, but I can't believe the time's flying by so fast. My gosh, we're at what two months into the, our, our our show already. This is great. What this episode is, great. is this? I don't know. Episode eight. Eight. I think eight. Eight. Yeah. I, eight. I see eight. fingers up it there. I see eight. eight fingers from from Dan in the booth. Yeah. Eight. Eight episodes. My gosh, and we haven't killed each other yet. Isn't that wonderful? Th that's Come fantastic. <laughs> and I almost lost my voice, right? So yeah, yeah, that was but, sad. You know, that was that was that, but, but that was you know that was just an illness, yeah. you know, on top of your many other illnesses. So, hey, uh, remember what you told me this morning? No, I'm ta I'm not talking about. I'm not saying anything bad. He's okay. actually <laughs> been <laughs> ill. Okay, he's just had different things sure. going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I'm serious. He's uh -huh. had. He's. Uh -huh. I have to be nice to everybody out there. I have to be nice to Walt. He's undergoing a lot of stress these days. It's the end of the semester. Students are coming out of the woodwork like crazy with their complaints, and we won't talk about him here on the air because that would be un unfair, wouldn't it, Walt? We wouldn't want to. Yeah. But you, you all out there know what it's like when you get those students at the end complaining like, well, I missed a pop quiz on the second day of class, and now it's the end of the semester, and I wonder where my grade <laughs> is. You know that kind of stuff. Did uh, did you all do you all do Christmas shopping, holiday shopping, whatever you call it? Do you do you go out and do that stuff? I haven't done any yet. I did some so online. In other words, you haven't gotten my present yet. I haven't gotten your present yet, Bill. We haven't received your, your wish list. So yeah, I, mean, yeah. I yeah. sent it to these guys. I sent them. By the way, anybody out there in the <laughs> listening the audience? Potty? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the John Varvatis website. There you go. Just buy me anything oh, from John Barbados. Right. That was happy. like three months ago, though. I wasn't thinking about. Well, I then. was. Come you on. know, hey, <laughs> trying to help you be organized. No. <laughs> so you haven't done any shopping? Not even. For well, your last kids? night actually, uh, we uh, Laura got some things. She was in Chicago. My wife. Um, what last weekend? I guess. Yeah. And uh, but I uh, we got we went online last night to do a little bit of shopping. But I just I don't really like shopping at all. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I can kind of tell. <laughs> I, I hate going out shopping I, as he's looking at my clothing. <laughs> Come on, nobody's like, judging. I can tell. I was looking at your face. I was yeah. looking at your yeah. facial expression. <laughs> Just looking at your facial Walter expressions. Walter needs a new wardrobe. <laughs> hey, I'll Checking say. donations, everybody. <laughs> oh, Walter, you know I love you more than my luggage. Oh, my God. <laughs> Does everybody know where that line comes from, by the way? I say that all the time. Nobody, no idea. That comes from Steel Magnolia. I was just going to say, I'm uh, well, sure of it comes course, from Steel yeah. Magnolia. Yeah. Because all the quotes yeah. come from mm -hmm. Steel yeah, Magnolia. Or 
or what? What's the other one? Do you know? Halloween movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it'll come to me. Oh, my God. Hocus Pocus. breath of death upon hocus my Hocus Pocus. Of yes, course. Hocus Pocus. They're all either from Steel Magnolias or Hocus Pocus. Or maybe it's all just Hocus quotes. Magnolias. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I get them mixed up, you know. Three women in one movie, four women in another. You know, it's all the same. Somebody dies in one. Somebody dies in another one, you know. All right. Someone well, dies in Hocus Pocus? Well, not not well they, they do. They die. The three of them oh, died. Oh, well, they died a long time ago, right? And then they yeah. died again. They okay. died twice. Anyway, I don't know. I haven't seen that for a long time. And then the cat time, died though. at the end. That's a really sad movie if you're a kid. That's yeah, a really my sad kids movie. I won't watch that for a long time, if ever. Oh, well, we got a good topic this week out there, those of you who are listening in. Um, I think it's going to spur some conversation. Don't you think it's going to spur some conversation? The topic is, what does output do for acquisition, if anything? And I think it's that, if anything, that's going to make people want to talk because, you know, Few people are going to sit up and go, well, what? What do you mean? Exactly. If anything, right? Well, of course it does something. Mm-hmm. Output has to do something, right? Well, you know, my question is for everybody out there: What does it do? If you think output does something, tell me what do you think it is that it does. Um, but before we get into that topic, I want to remind everybody out there: Our listeners are not doing their job. First of all, you got to call in. That's one thing. But the second thing is. Remember last week we asked you to retweet our photo from Actful to get us on the cover of the Language Educator? I think only Carol retweeted. Did anybody else Yay, retweet? Yay, Carol! Yeah, Carol's going to get another mug. Um, what? I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> Carol, you'll get something. Um, but <laughs> a date with Walter. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Um, no, seriously. You guys got to retweet that photo and let Actful know that we want to be on the cover of the Language Educator. Okay, so I'm not get sure that retweet. even if we retweet it, that it's really going to happen. But. Well, you know, write into Actful. Write in, you know, you know. okay, we're going to do this. We're going to put whoever to write it. We're going to put it on our website. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Five but. people retweeted. Oh, great. Keep doing it. Keep doing it, people. Keep doing it. We want at least 50. We want 50 retweets. Retweet yeah. and re- retweet again. Send it to Donald Trump and have him retweet. Oh, my goodness. Let's okay. not get Donald Trump into this. Anyway, so <laughs> if you want to join in on our conversation today about the role of output in acquisition, please call us at 517-884. Is it 884? 884. Yeah. 517-884-4321. Again, that's 517 884 Four, three, two, one. Our able-bodied muscle man. I love calling him a muscle man because I just, I just love doing that. Does muscle he appreciate man. being called that? Sure, he does. Dustin's hot. Let me tell you. So Dustin's <laughs> on the phone lines, <laughs> waiting for your call. See, I can be nice. I can give compliments. So our hot just muscle man, Dustin, is on the phone lines, waiting for your call. He's going to take your calls, or you can tweet us at T with BVP, or even email us. Walter's uh, personing the emails at uh, T with BVP at gmail but remember, everybody, we said this last week, nothing says, I love you, I love tea with BBP, than calling in so we can hear your melodic you know, voices on that, the air. I right? think that the, uh, oh, what's it called? Your SLA challenge quiz scares people away from calling it because they don't want you to try to give it to them. It's too hard. They don't oh, want to do it. Oh, but everybody's been doing really well. I mean, so. yeah, look, we've given prizes away. Look, yeah. oh, by the way, did everybody see the tweet from, um, from the Mikey? tweet from Mikey? Mikey put his book up that he won last week. You too could win a book this week. Yeah, we got a Carol, couple of question mark, where is a picture of the mug? Yeah. Really? Uh, I right. mean... <laughs> and exactly. we're already at nine retweets now of the picture. Great. So, Keep doing it. Yeah. So remember, everybody, this is a call-in show. This is a call-in talk show, interactive show. If it were a tweet-in show, we'd advertise this as a tweet-in. We don't mind you tweeting, but, you know, call us too. So get your fingers off those tweeting keys and onto the phone pad and dial us at 517-884-4321 with questions, comments, reactions, thoughts, complaints, 
Well, no complaints. We don't want complaints, but and grab your cup your cup of tea. Uh, actually, how many of you actually drink tea while you're listening to us? How many actually have tea with BVP? Or if you're uh, actually call in and let us know or tweet us if you're actually having a, a martini or a glass of wine. Well, I want to know that. <laughs> I know you're drinking something out there. Let us know. Okay. Oh, and by the way, and if you all can guess my favorite tea flavor when you call in today, if you know my favorite tea flavor, I will give away a second prize today. Wow. The first person who can guess my tea flavor uh, will get a prize. What if we get to, can we guess your favorite tea flavor? Yeah, no, can, you, yeah, can't, you can't. You uh, can't. What? Okay. And don't forget our uh. SLA challenge quiz. I'm going to uh, to remind you about that. You call in. You've got, we got prizes for you. Um, Mikey tweeted his, uh, the book he got last week and his back scratcher. We don't have a back scratcher this week, but we've, we've got some other nice prizes. Okay. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go straight to the phones um, because we already have a call. A caller. I believe Yay. we have. Woo-hoo. Valerie, who's from North Carolina, it looks like. Do we have Valerie on the phone somewhere, or is she hanging out there in Tweety Land? Valerie, are you on the phone? Hey, Valerie, from North Carolina, right? Yes, I'm sending you some love from the linguists at NC State. Yay! Yay! Yay. We love NC State. We love North Carolina. We love the show so much. We're hoping that maybe you'll come back and visit us again this spring. Oh, see that everybody out there, how much they love me? See, Walter, how much they love me? See, Walter. See, Walter, how much they love me. <laughs> and also, I'm sure that everyone at the Umstead is waiting to see Superstar BVP again, because oh. they love you there. Oh, well, great. Well, thank you for that. So what's going on in, at North Carolina? Are you calling with a question, a comment? What do, you, what do you want to talk about? Well, actually, I'm calling about a couple of things. I just wanted to make a comment that we've been really working on professionalizing our lecturers, and one of the professional development activities they can do is actually call into your show, tweet in a question, Oh, or else write a summary of an issue on an episode and then how they would have that uh, in, impact their daily pedagogical practice. Wow. So we're, we're really excited to have this new outlet for professionalization. Well, that, you know, I keep telling everybody every week, you know, have your colleagues call in, have your students listen, assign it as homework to your students. This is something novel. This is a great idea. So everybody out there listening, uh, if you're listening live or if you're going to listen this weekend when you're on the gym or wherever, however you do this, listen to Valerie. She's got a good idea here. Tell us again what you do. Use it for professional development. Say again how you do it. Yeah, professional development for our lecturers. They um, are actually evaluated every three years. They hand in a portfolio with teaching evaluations, um, innovations, and also any professional development activities they've done, and this is one of the ones that we have on our list. Well, great. You're going to have to do a little write-up for us and, and, and send it in, and we'll post it on our website or make it available to people, Be, you know, a little one-page thing. Most definitely, thing to, yeah. and people were actually talking about tea with BVP at our faculty Christmas party yesterday. Wow. wow. Uh, they were saying They were saying nice <laughs> things, weren't they? They were. They were oh. singing a song about Bill, and let me guess what it was. <laughs> you drive me crazy. Oh, no, that was what we were sorry about that, Bill. Hillary, don't sing. <laughs> okay, what movie is that from? That's from Beaches. Okay. But ba- back to Valerie. Back to Valerie. Valerie's on the phone. Come on, give Valerie some respect here. So. Well, anyway, my question is, so my students, I teach a methodology course, and they kind of like to make fun of me because apparently my catchphrase is, input is the driving force behind language acquisition. But I'm wondering what should be my second catchphrase when it comes to output? Hmm. What should be your catchphrase. What do you say? Right. What's your what's your main phrase? Input is what? I always say, and I say this in almost every single class, input is the driving force behind language acquisition. Okay, then you But can, what should be my, my take home message for them about output? If input is the driving force, output's in the back seat. How's that? 
actually, I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> because output's along for the ride, but, um, and I'm going to get ahead of myself here from some of the things I, I, I hope are going to come out, but um, output, is, it, it, output is there, and output is something that can be a part of, of, of language interaction for a variety of reasons we'll, we'll, we'll get into. Um, but it's not going to have the same role as input. Okay, so let's just stay that say that up front. Um, actually, I wrote about this in a in a in a. If I got the book with me here, it's a book called Four Meaning Connections in Language Acquisition. I wrote a chapter on input and output in establishing four meaning connections. And what I clearly say there, I try to clearly say in there, is that in language acquisition, input has one role and output has another role. They cannot be the same role. Output can't replace input. Input can't replace output. They do different things. Mm -hmm. And so input drives the actual acquisition of what goes on in our heads. And output does something else. And to be honest with you, it's, it's, I've got some ideas about what output does, but I don't want to just throw them all out there right now. So, so I'll throw one out. Maybe the other ones will trickle out during our conversation with other people. But the reason I say it's in the back seat as opposed to input, because we're talking about acquisition here, right? And by acquisition, I mean how we construct language in our heads. That's what, I'm not talking mm -hmm. about skill development. I'm talking about how we construct language in our heads. Um, so it, input is, is the critical ingredient for that. Um, so one role of output that Steve mentioned, Steve Crashton mentioned, we were at ACTFL, uh, um, that actually he was quoting me, is that output helps people get more input. Because when you're an interactive partner in some kind of conversation, there's scaffolding and there's appropriate kind of interaction back and forth. Um, when you make some kind of output, people can judge. People actually will speak to you um, if, uh, at the level that, you're, that they perceive you to be at, which gives you better output, uh, better input for yourself, uh, for that level mm -hmm. you're at. So output is a good signaling device, not a good, but it's a signaling device for, for people out there to give you more appropriate level input. Um, so it has, that's one role it has. Um, <clears throat> but again, <clears throat> I see it as something that's, that, that's tied back to giving us input. Um, and so, and, and again, I have some other ideas about that and some other things out in the, uh, that, that people in the field say that I disagree with. Um, and I'll talk about those as, you know, again, as different calls come in. So that's all I'll say for now, Valerie. That's, well, you know. That's fantastic. Thank you, Bill, and I'm excited to use that with my grad students. I'm sure they'll put it as number two on my list. And I know Meryl Swain's <laughs> going to call and say, Bill, how dare you put output in the back seat? You know, and I'm being facetious, right? Okay, so if you want to <laughs> say, if, if, if you want to make Meryl Swain happy, you can say, output's riding shotgun. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll like take that. output out of the back great. seat and make it ride shotgun, but it's certainly not in the drive. <laughs> it's certainly not behind the wheel. It's not in the driver's seat for your, for your driving metaphor, so. That's right. perfect. Well, thank you so much. And I just wanted to say again how much we love the show. Well, great. And have your have your have your lecturers call in. Have your students call in. We're always taking calls from people. We love to hear from people. That's what the show's about. So I appreciate it. Okay. Fantastic. Kudos to your team. Okay. Thanks, Thanks so much Valerie. for calling. Valerie. Thanks, Valerie. Have a great day. Okay. Talk to you. you too. Bye. Well, that's great. We're, we're, we're cocktail conversation at Christmas parties now. <laughs> My God, we made the big time. We're a cocktail conversation. We're, we're right there like a plate of weenies being passed around at a, at a party. Look at that. <laughs> Little toothpicks in us, you know? Like, <laughs> just pass us around. We're, no, I'm just kidding. I think that's, I think that's great. That's, that's kind of neat that, 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 that Valerie says we were the talk of the conversation. We have a couple of theories on your favorite tea on Mixler. Oh no! No, they have to call in. I want so we're not we're not entertaining. Mm -hmm. We also have people who are telling us what they are drinking while they are listening. Well, that I'll hear. 
Yeah. So if you want, if you want to guess what my favorite tea is, you have to call. Got it. We're going to ignore all of those. But some people (laughs) are drinking wine. Indeed, some people are drinking tea because um, we have a listener in South Australia, and it's six thirty a.m. there. So wine would be a little bit. Not the Australians I know, man. They'd be they'd be there with a can of Foster's going, Good day, mate. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> tea. Yeah, a lot of people are at work, so there's lots of tea going on. Ah, well, if I were at work, I'd be drinking right now, let me tell you. Oops, I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, we got another caller here. We have Claudia from Illinois. Um, I think Claudia tried to call in last week, and it was toward the end of the show. She got bumped, so... I don't know if she's going to want to talk about something from last week or talk about this week, but Claudia, are you there? I hear something in, I hear my oh, yeah. own voice. Yep. Claudia, are you there? I don't know if she's going to want to talk about Claudia. Claudia, are you there? Okay. Okay, there you are. Claudia, I can barely hear you. Can talk up a little bit? Claudia, are you there? Yes. Yeah. Can you actually turn down the radio show in the background? Yeah, yeah, I'm hearing, we're hearing an echo in our headphones here from the show. Okay, okay, let me see. Okay, there you go, Claudia, I can barely hear you. Can you talk up a little bit? <laughs> yeah, do you hear me? Yes. Yes? Yes. We're, st- we're still hearing us in the background, though. <laughs> okay, do you hear me? Yes. Yes, this is like a Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? <laughs> no. Can you hear me now? <laughs> Claudia, this is Neil. This is Claudia Hernandez. Hey, oh, don't give your last name. <laughs> this is supposed to be a semi, and I'm just kidding you. I, <laughs> I knew who you were, Claudia. How are you doing? Good, thank you. And you, it's nice to hear your voice. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. So what's going on in Illinois? What are you calling about? Well, uh, I um, it's, it's interesting. This, uh, this, uh, I was happy to hear that the topic was going to be uh, output today um, because I have to... I have two things. One is a, com- a comment, and another one is a question. Um, I I usually uh, teach um, my classes via input, right? I, I do a lot of input, right? in, uh, structure input, and uh, the students, uh, you know, my classes, uh, the, the beginner level classes are usually input based. I mean, I I um, that's the way I do it, and I enjoy, I do it for many years um, since I learned things from you, and it has been very successful. But I did a little bit, a good experiment um, last term, and uh, um, that experiment I compared uh, the the methodology or the or the technique, you know, that our current textbook has, which is the typical technique of presentation, practice, and production. And I comp- with, with one class, like one with one group, another group I did my typical input-based activities, right? And um, because I didn't, I don't usually teach production base at the beginning level, I noticed one thing that got me thinking. And uh, and I think that that is why this type of technique that is production based to practice grammar in the classroom is so popular. Uh, I could notice that uh, both groups were very engaged, you know, and were more or less the same, the same uh, number of students, and they were very nice and everything. But in the input-based class, students were more or less quiet, trying to understand, you know, the input, right, and trying to, to make so many connections, and it was challenging for them in some in some some ways. I do that very often, and I don't, I, my, and it's not particularly boring or anything. On the contrary, it's very challenging, and I comment on things, on the answers, and everything. But the other class, the the, the output class, 
was very alive, you know. They was students were talking and interacting, and I, I, um, I made sure them, you know, the the grammar acquisition uh, of that typical uh, that um, uh, forum that I was teaching, and of course the input-based group got higher scores in their learning of the of the of the of the grammar, right? But I could see, I mean, that made me think that uh, maybe that, that is what professors like so much output output-based activities in the classroom because you could see a difference that the students were interacting and talking and everything, right? But of course that didn't that didn't show their their grammar learning according to my test. But that made me think that well maybe may, I, I'm I'm happy that you are saying that that one thing is um one thing is uh, production and one is input. Uh, they are different roles. But maybe with having sent the message um, that um, even though we our classes are alive in production, you know, we, we, we should not use production activities for grammar acquisition. It's for different things. Don't you think? If I understand, yeah. If I understand you correctly, yeah, I I I don't disagree with that. I think I think what the the, the issue here that I have with how people conceptualize output and acquisition is output doesn't get you grammar in your head. It just gets you more, it gets you more input and it gets you, it gets skill development as well. I mean, yeah. output is, is, you know, part of learning how to carry on conversations, right? That's part of skill development, but how to create a system in your head only happens under, I mean, you have to have a clear theory of language and a clear theory of acquisition and your clear theory of, and yeah. my clear theory of language and my clear theory of acquisition, only certain things do that. <clears throat> and this is why I say yeah. input has one role and output has another. So, um, and and again, and input-based classrooms can be very interactive um, with students shouting out things and participating and so on. I mean, all you got to do is watch a typical TPRS class, for example, online. Just go look yeah. one up or come into one of my classes or one of Walter's classes and students are shouting out, just sitting there like bumps on a log. Um, so, and I, I th so I think sometimes there's people out there in the field um, <clears throat> who who aren't who aren't haven't thought it through all the way don't realize that input or any classes can be highly interactive. It's just that what learners okay. produce is appropriate for what they're supposed to do. Um, the goal is not to yeah. make them produce sentences and create with language all the time. The, the goal is to have them interact with your input. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's just that I not exactly. I noticed a difference, and there was a difference in classroom dynamics. Let's put that way, you know. And but at the end of the day, the most productive, the most efficient was one was the input based. Uh, but I could see why maybe prof uh, why professors or teachers would like to have more lively classrooms. Right. Know. And I think you're bringing uh, up I, something. I think you're bringing up something, Claudia, that is um, one of those face value things. I remember the first the first issue, the first edition of Soliviento we published back in when was that? 2004, 2005, something like that. Um, one of the reviews from someone said, "Bill Van Patten is a genius." As though I didn't have co-authors on the book, by the way. But the person said, "Bill Van Patten is a genius." I I was doing the first activity from lesson with my students, and they were speaking in complete sentences. And I thought, well, you know. That's great that you feel that, but that's not <laughs> what our goal was. But exactly. I think exactly. I think it has to do with this face validity, this actful oral proficiency push we have, all of us, not not just actful, but all of us, that we forget how language acquisition actually happens. And so this exactly. output, 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 um, and then we've lost the face validity of input actually. And so uh, I, I yeah. yeah, so we've got to yeah. find that where that yeah. pendulum is going to fall in the middle, at least for language teaching. For language acquisition, it's clear for me, but for language teaching, we have to find that middle ground. 
Well, yeah. Claudia, it's nice to hear your voice. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for calling thank you, in. I'm, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I, will we see you at Central States or will we see you at a conference soon, I hope? I hope, yeah, maybe making in, in you know in um, in the summer for um, AAPSP. Oh, I hope, you know. in Miami, great, uh, yeah. good, 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 good. We'll be looking for you. Well, we got to go because we yeah. got we got some callers lining up, so um, we got to let you go. So, thank you for calling in, and we'll talk to you soon again. You. I hope. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. thank you, Will. Okay, nice okay. Nice to see you too. Bye bye. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Bye, Claudia. Bye-bye. That was a good question. That was a good question. Um, yeah, because uh, I think what Claudia is putting the, the, her finger on is the fact that there's, you know, there's perception, uh, which is different from what research shows and what we know about language acquisition, how people feel about what they're doing. Um, but, again, it comes down to educating people, letting people know how language... I think, it, I think it's a perception that, like with many other things, practice makes perfect, right? And yeah, so, well, that's part of it. Yeah. That's part of it. Okay, we got another call here. We got, uh, I think, Lorena on the phone. Do we have a Lorena on the phone? Yes, it's me. Hi, hey. everybody. Hey, Lorena. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Michigan. Hey, Michigan. from Michigan. Yay, from the local mit the mitten, as we call it here, the mitten. The yes. mitten. Those of you out there who don't know what the mitten is, the way we do Michigan is you hold up your, ha your right hand and you look at it, and that's the lower peninsula of Michigan. And so, like, you can kind of locate yourself on the mitten. Okay, anyway, enough of that. So, what are you calling about, Lorena? What can we do for you? Yeah, I like the title today. It was like yeah, thought-provoking because uh, as a learner, as I am both a learner and a teacher, I see output as very important because, you know, until you produce something, you kind of like don't, don't think you know something. So, you have to try and, and say until you write or you say this is kind of a, like a testing moment every time you, you have to speak, right? So. Uh, I might give output too much importance, but as a teacher and as a, a learner, both in both directions, when when I see the production, then that's where like I see acquisition, like or at least I see what point the acquisition process has, has reached. And I, I like your idea that I mean this is like a companion, like uh, of what has happened before. So I I agree that it's not like the most important thing, but I thought like. It, it, it is important because otherwise, um, as a like as a perception from from the learner point of view, you realize you've learned some you learn something and if, when you produce it, right? What do you think? Is it, am I am I on the right? track or this is wrong <laughs> well no i mean it depends on how you look at it i actually this is something else i've written about i've written a couple papers that's a chapter in a book and i've also written an article in a journal about this trying to distinguish reminding people that the distinction between acquisition of language in your head and skill development and i think what you're hitting on lorena is that when we start to see skill development people that's exciting and when we see skill development people you call it uh, we can say at what point their acquisition. Well, not necessarily, because there could be a lot more in the head than what comes out of the mouth. And because you know, language in your head is just something different from your skill. And so what we have to remind people is that getting people to make output does not get language in their heads. Um, and so output may or may not be a reflection of language that's already in their heads. And so, so I, I want to remind people that, that let's, let's distinguish language in your head from your skill development. Um, and so what I, what I hear you saying, and I think what you're saying, is that output as a demonstration of that skill development, your ability to tap your language and use it for something, is kind of exciting to people and it shows something. I think that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. 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 And I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Um, But what we want to make sure people don't think is that, oh, okay, now I got to make my students talk all the time because that'll get language in their heads. No, 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 no. Talking should be a reflection of of what's going on in their heads, um, what they can access and use to start to do skill development, which is a separate thing from getting language in your head. So, yeah. So, yeah. Good, good, good point. I agree. Good point. Yeah. Well, thank you for mm-hmm. calling. That was great. That's a great point. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thank Lorena. You. Have a great day, Bye. Lorena. Okay. Thank you for Bye. calling. Bye-bye. Enjoy Bye. Michigan weather. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right. Okay. We're getting calls in right and left here. So you tweeters are getting left out today. Ha, ha, ha. No tweets, right? No tweets. Okay. No emails. <laughs> we're going to take one. Well, we're going to take one email here in a minute, but I want to take a phone call first because guess what out there listening land? We've got a phone call from where, Angelica? Tokyo. Tokyo. Looks like we got a Tokyo Hello. phone call. So we got a call from, is it, is it Pierre? Is that your name? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you fine. Is this Peter? Yeah, Peter. Yeah. Oh, Peter. Okay, the, great. Uh, rare, rare name, I guess. Yeah, and you're calling. <laughs> you're calling from Tokyo. That's great. What time is it yeah, in Tokyo? Yeah. What, what day is it? What time is it? What? It's 5, 5 a.m. It's it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. <laughs> calling, from, calling from future. Oh my god! <laughs> this is like oh my god! Somebody get Einstein on the phone, will you? Because I can't I can't wrap yeah. my head around this. You're calling from tomorrow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, what's your question? What's your comment? What's up? Yeah, yeah, I've got this question. I've been uh, I've been studying SLA lately, and uh, you have done some pretty impressive work on the processing instruction uh, research, and uh, I just kept thinking that uh, there has been a lot of studies that have uh, compared this. Uh, processing instruction and then traditional uh, instruction, which, which is uh, kind of um, like out, output-based instruction. And uh, there's been all kinds of replication studies, and uh, sometimes they haven't really been spot on, or there has, has been all kinds of kind of thing things that are not actually replicating the old studies and such, and you have been uh, um, kind of replying to those studies. And lately, there has been, the uh, in Applied Linguistics, the uh, journal, uh, two uh, articles uh, by Sintani, and the, how do you pronounce this? The Kaiser. The Kaiser, yes. Uh, the Kaiser, yeah. And they have both uh, reviewed uh, some some research on the process, processing instru- field of processing instruction, and they I th- thought that they were pro- both pretty cri- critical, and I ju- just kept thinking. I and I get that the, the Kaiser is uh, proposed kind of uh, proponent of this um, skill building theory that is different from uh, your stance. And I just kept thinking that are you going to reply to, to those those articles? What do you think about them? Oh, that's a, that's a very good question. And actually, if I, if I, to be honest with you, if I sp- if I replied to everything that I need to reply to, I'd be spending yeah. my career, career writing replies. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so I'm not going to, and I'll tell you why. Because if you yeah. go look this summer in the 2015 June 
issue of IRAL, the International Review of Applied Linguistics and Language Teaching. Okay. Uh, um, you're talking about the Say what? Uh, the lease, lease article. No, 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 no. I'm talking uh, about mine, actually. Yeah, okay. Um, so uh, sorry. If, if, you, if there was a special issue, for those of you out there in the audience who don't know, there was a special issue of okay. IRL, um for just processing instruction because it was the 20th anniversary. We had a symposium in Greenwich in the United Kingdom where there's wow. a panel of papers and we gave papers and then Michael Sharwood-Smith was a comment and some other people. Anyway, these, we wound up um, reviewing these papers, and they got published in IRAL in June of 2015. And I did a paper called Foundations of Processing Instruction. And in there, I did not reply directly to Kaiser Santani or any of these people for what they wrote because what I wrote in there already was a reply. So if people want to reply to those two things that came out in Applied Linguistics, they can go to the 2015 summer issue of IRAL and read what I wrote because, in essence some of their arguments are dismantled in that. I, I, I wasn't writing to reply to them, but it was fortuitous uh, that, or serendipitous, I don't know what the word is, that I was writing that while they were doing that and they came out at roughly the same time. So I sort of, sort of already replied. Um, okay. And I'll just say this on the air, and Robert can call him if he wants. Robert's a friend of mine. I like Robert DeKaiser a lot. But I think the problem with people instructed us is they still don't get the fact that in processing instruction, we're not talking yeah. about rule learning. We're not talking about your standard pre-test, post-test, where you're looking for a rule. We don't do that. And so people have constantly misinterpreted that. And it finally dawned on me in the last couple of years that that was part of the problem. And so, um, and I think once we get over that hurdle, you'll start to see some of those criticisms of processing instruction go away, I hope. Um, or they'll criticize something else, but, but they won't criticize that because in my mind, there are no rules to be learned. Actually, we have, have to have a show about no rules. I'm going to do a show about no rules. There are no rules to be learned to begin with. And so processing instruction is not about learning rules, whereas Robert's work and Peter Robinson's work and a lot of people instructed at SLA, it's about learning rules. But in my world, there are yeah. no rules to learn. You're just processing things in the input. So anyway, um, so the answer to your question is no, I'm not writing a reply. The reply is written as far as I'm concerned, this June 2015. How's that for an answer? Uh, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, I kind of expected that kind of an answer. Uh, just one more thing. Okay. Uh, I just, I just kept thinking that um, they were being pretty critical, but uh, they, they managed to do that because they kind of found some, yet some uh, kind of wiggle room. And uh, when the research goes on, I think that's, that wiggle room is going to get uh, smaller and smaller. Do you think think the same? Right. Also, I think I've, I, the wiggle room is going to get smaller. Um, and I also think that um, you have to be careful what you're reviewing because um, some of the things that Robert DeKaiser talked about, um, he hadn't read um, some things that had come out. And so his, his review, his comments, um, um, you know, weren't... Um, uh, weren't quite up to date, if I can if I can say that to Robert, I hope he doesn't mind to say that, but there were a couple things missing. Um, and uh, I think he would already probably address those once once he read some of the things in the 2015 volume that we published. Um, okay. So there's that, and then there's also the idea that um, I think when people finally, finally understand, um, people still have a difficult time with what processing instruction is. It's probably one of the most misunderstood things in instructed SLA. Yeah. I mean, some people understand it. Some people get it, don't get me wrong. But a lot of people don't get it. And so they critique it without truly understanding what it's trying to do and what it's about. Yeah. So, 
Okay, well, I got to move on here. I'm getting the signal yeah, for my. You. I'm getting the signal for my producer that I got to move on here to something. Yeah. I got to see. So we're gonna thank thank you for calling all the way from Tokyo. That's great. From the future, yeah. yeah thank from you. The future. God, well, I'm thank gonna, you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Say hi to show. Michael J. Fox for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that reference to Back to the Future. Okay. <laughs> thank right, you Pierre. for calling. Okay, Pierre. Thank okay. you very much. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Um, do we have something um, before we take another call? Two things. Um, we're, we're waiting for someone to call in and, s- and tell Dustin they want to do the SLA challenge. It's a good one today, and it's not that hard, and you're going to get a great prize. So we want to do that. And is anybody guessing tea flavors yet? Is anybody calling in about the tea flavor? Not that I know. Okay, of. Dustin. Dustin, man, those phones or person those phones, Dustin. We want a tea flavor person calling in. Um, do we have something from Twitter or email that we want to address? We do we indeed go to from Twitter. Right. Um, Senor Ricardo. He unfortunately is listening on his phone, so he cannot call in, but he has a pressing question. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's a problem with phones, isn't it? It, it is indeed. Um, So he writes on Twitter, I don't think translation furthers the acquisition process. I ask, what role, if any, does translation have in acquisition? Translation from, Ricardo, I'm going to guess that you mean translation from the first language to the second language, right? So, for example, if I'm in a language class and the teacher gives me, um, it's my aunt's pen. And I have to translate in the French as, c'est la plume de ma tante, right? That's what I've got to do. I think you... Because translation from the L2 to the L1 is a different story because there's somehow in there there's some input embedded in there. So that's a different story. But translation from the L1 to the L2 from your first language to second language is not part of acquisition. It's, a, it's You're developing a skill called translation. Um, and so uh, which which is a different thing that uses explicit knowledge and other kinds of things. Um, and but a super advanced translators can also use implicit knowledge and so on. So it just depends. But it's a skill you're developing. It's not necessarily acquisition in the head that you're trying to get. Um, so okay, um, we have. Um, do we have uh, somebody on the phone, Dustin? Is that what we have? Um, I can't quite tell from. Yeah, we've got somebody on the phone. I'm getting. I'm getting fingers flashed at me through the glass thing here. Uh, something about somebody from Penn State's calling. Somebody from Pennsylvania is that it? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. So who's there? Is there got, we got somebody from Penn State on the phone? Nope. Okay. So all right then. I, I guess I just I don't know what that was about. So. Well, they're there. <laughs> We're just waiting on them here. I they're guess d- something. I don't know what's going on there. So Dustin, I see Dustin's punching bund. He's 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 punching buttons. Do that kinds of stuff. You know, people so, are on Mixler. They are. Um, putting out tea flavors but you, you're not okay we can't, i'll take we, one I mean, give me one give me one give one, me one is peach tea peach tea oh gosh no that's actually awful sorry sorry mixler person who that is we're not doing names on these that no 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 there was something else earlier too I mikey can't says even... that you like arnold palmer's well, Mikey was also the one who said peach tea, didn't oh. he? Oh. No, I thought Mikey would say I like Oh, no, lo- he says like mango. Long Island iced tea is probably what Mikey <laughs> would say I like. People are wondering if they're wine spritzers that you'd like. Oh, gosh. Chamomile? Gosh. Hang up on those people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> chamomile? No? No, no chamomile, chamomile? No. There was something else not earlier, my, too. I mean, oh, I'll yeah. drink chamomile. It's not my... Spiced apple chai? Nope. Nope, nope. Oh, oh, oh gosh, y'all are so far off. Earl Grey? Mike is Mikey is just I mean he he just keeps going. Mike is just throwing he wants things more out prizes. There. Oh man, th- there's two people who say Earl Grey. Is Who's it the Earl two Grey? people who say Earl Grey? It's Mikey and um, I can't m- m- maestra facer. Oh God, 
That's, I, I don't, don't know, know what the name is. I'm not is. looking, no? so it sounds no. as good as anything else. Peppermint, passion fruit, English breakfast tea. I mean, They're just they just keep rolling like, rolling. It's like throw spaghetti at the wall. Raspberry <laughs> zinger. Nope. Is that how you pronounce that? Zinger? Zinger. Raspberry what zinger. What is that even? I don't What's know. What's zinger? Let's go to another question. Do we have a, we'll, we'll come back to the, my favorite tea in a minute. I want to call in about the SLA challenge, by the way. We're running out of time here, gang. Okay, so, Walter, we have a question from I, email. I've from got me? a question here. This okay, is a question from, from Ryan. He says, if I ever get married and took a honeymoon <laughs> to Paris for a week, I would probably want a form of instruction that's focused on output. That is, I just want to learn some words and phrases to throw into my explicit lexicon so I can get by in Paris for a week. Would you agree that output-focused instruction is better and more, effic- uh, more efficient in this context? Say that again? What? Who? Do do what? <laughs> Basically... They, um, they, the, uh, oh, wait, 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 Walter, I'm getting a signal. Do we have, do we have, uh, Penn State on the phone? Oh, man, we're not even going to get to this question. <laughs> well, we will in a okay, second. We, we got, we're we, in a tight schedule we've been for ha- Penn State. Yeah, we've been, we've been trying to get Penn State on the phone there on a schedule. Penn State, you're on the phone. Hello? Hello? I hear, Hello? I hear, I hear somebody. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi, who's this? This is Ryan Pilter. I'm a student of. Professor Heather McCoy at Penn State. Okay, Ryan, you're a student of Heather. We don't use last names, but that's quite right. This is like you gotta, <laughs> this is like that. AA. We only use first names, so you got to say. <laughs> they're no showing problem. me pictures of T now. So, so Ryan, you're in a you're in a class with Heather. Yes, sir. Great. So, what are you guys doing right now? What are you hanging out? We um well, we're wrapping up our semester. We are in a methodologies and theories of teaching class, and we. Have a few questions we'd like to ask if that's all right. Okay, well we're at your disposal. It depends on how hard your questions are. I'll let you know. <laughs> it's a little generic. It's nothing major. Um, so my question is: We get asked all the time from the beginning to the end of the semester, "What is our teaching philosophy?" And I was wondering what yours are. What What do you mean, my teaching philosophy? So at the beginning of the semester, we were asked, "What are you, What are your thoughts about teaching?" And for me, it was. Um, I care a lot about being patient and encouraging for my students. Mm-hmm. So what are your like guiding thoughts in any teaching situation? Well, I don't like to talk. I was actually asked about this recently, um, and I, had, I asked the same question. What do you mean by philosophy? And, and so they, they asked me, well, what informs your teaching? And I said, okay, well, then what informs my teaching is the following. Um, and I talk particularly about language teaching. I have, I have a set of uh, six principles that um, that guide my 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 philosophy of language teaching, for example, and I I actually this is going to sound like a cop out, Ryan, but I don't want to do them right now because my students and I are going to be doing this in my class next week for our final session, and because okay. we're going to be we're pulling all our stuff together, they're bringing all their principles together and they're comparing them to mine and so on. But they they're have going to be but, listening to the but show. But I'll tell you, I have a principle for each of the following areas. One is the nature of language. One is the nature of communication. One is the nature of acquisition. Another principle on. Um, the nature of tasks and communication in the classroom. I have a principle related to focus on form, and I have a principle related to assessment. So I have principles related to those six areas, and they guide all of my teaching. Uh, And and the way I I construct curriculum and I talk to other teachers about um, language teaching, so. Excellent, thank you. Call in in again next Thursday, and I'll tell you on Thursday, because that way I I don't spoil the surprise for my class. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) wonderful. Can I pass you off to one of my colleagues? Sure. Just a moment. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. What's your name? First name only. <laughs> uh, my name is Aaron. Aaron. Hey, Aaron. How's it going? 
pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. What's up? What's your question? What's your comment? Well, I noticed on your website that you've done stand-up comedy, and I was just wondering um, what you think <laughs> the role of humor is in a classroom. <laughs> Make them laugh. Make them laugh. No. What's the role of what's the role of humor in the classroom? Correct. Oh, I I don't know about the role of humor, but I think if you're not having a good time in your teaching and the students aren't having a good time with you in the classroom, something's wrong. And if humor is yeah. involved in that, fine. If humor is not involved in that, it doesn't have to be, but you'll be able to be having a good time. If you're not enjoying yourself, then there's something wrong. Um, so, and, and of course me, because it's my nature to be humorous and be funny, you know, like the way I make fun of poor Walter all the time. Um, that's just what I am and what I do. So my class <laughs> has crying. humor in it, but it's not, it's, it's not part of any philosophy. It's just who and what I am. So, um, but I do believe that classes should be fun places. People should be enjoying themselves. Uh, and not, even in my graduate class, I like my graduate students to be enjoying themselves in classes. So it's not just, not just, uh, undergrads in my language classes. So. And Aaron, I'm not BVP, but I'll just I'll, I'll comment on this as well <laughs> if you don't mind, because I I think uh, humor certainly is a tool for engaging students, and uh, and they certainly appreciate a sense of humor in the classroom, and they're I think when when you have a sense of humor, it helps to pull them in and to get them engaged. So that's what I would say about humor. Okay. Great, thank you. My so, students think I'm, you know, the funniest person they've ever met. Most until they the met me. <laughs> they haven't met me. Then they met BVP. And they go, oh my God, he's even funnier than you. <laughs> <laughs> Walter had me Skyping his class the day, Aaron. It was kind of fun. So. It was fun. We it had a great fun. time. Anybody else from your class want to chime in? Who else is on the phone? Yeah, I think we have one more question. Well, well great, great. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Hi, what's your name? Hi, my name is Morgan. Hey, Morgan. This is Bill Van Patten. How are you doing today? I'm pretty great. I've got um, a little question for you. Okay. Um, so you mentioned that you had six great, uh, guiding principles. Correct. And I don't recall you mentioning uh, motivation. Nope. Um, I was wondering if you had any comments on how we could motivate our, especially undergraduate students who are just filling a requirement. Um, okay. I'm, I, again, I'm not so sure that our job is to motivate anybody. But again, okay. I'll just go back to say the following. If your class is not, if you're not having fun and your students having fun, then nobody's motivated to do anything. That means you're not motivated. So right. the, you better be having some fun. Um, so, um, <laughs> and if people are enjoying your class, um, then, um, then there's motivation that just happens as a byproduct. So I, I worry less about motivation and worry more about, are we truly enjoying ourselves? And are we finding things out about each other? Are we liking what we're doing? Um, that to me is a guiding thing, um, independent of my six principles. Um, again, because that, you know, enjoying yourself in the classroom has to be, I mean, we all have to like what we do, right? We do. We have to right. like what we do. Walter, you love your job, don't you? I love, love my job. You I love working with much. me, don't you? Well, I don't know about that necessarily, but I enjoy the other aspects of my job. You notice, you notice for 46 minutes, I've avoided calling you something. I know. I should say you yes. Promised, I do very much you enjoy promised. working with Bill. And so, yeah. And, and we do play off each other, but we work very well together. Yes, we do. So we, we, love our, we love what we do. So, yeah. And so that's what you need to do, too. So if you're having a good time in your class and you're truly enjoying yourself, then you'll, you'll put enthusiasm in your students and then motivation is a byproduct of that. So that's, that's, that's all that I can say about that. So. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. Thank oh, you're you. welcome. You're welcome. Any other questions from your class? Um, I think that is it. We oh. appreciate you taking our call. Well, thank, thank you. you. Say hi to Heather for me. Tell Heather. Hi, Heather. She's saying hi. I'm, 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 I'm waving to Heather here <laughs> through the microphone. Tell her I'm waving through the microphone. 
Okay. okay. Thanks we'll so much, Morgan. Thanks for Thanks, calling Morgan. in. We'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I think, do we have an SLA challenger on the phone? I think we have a quiz person on the phone, do we? Yeah, um, I think Is Terry on the phone? I am. Hey, it's Terry from Ohio. Is that where you're calling from? That is where I'm calling from. Terry, what city in Ohio are you calling from? I am just outside of Columbus in Grove City. Grove City? I don't know Grove. Oh, maybe I do. I've, I've driven to Columbus a couple of times. Maybe I, would I have driven through Grove City maybe? I don't know. No, it's on the southwest side. Oh, no, no, no. I, I've driven through the north and from the just west. Just a little town that kind of Columbus grew into and took over. Ah, swallowed up, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm understanding from our producer that um, you want to take the quiz. Is that correct? Well, you sucked me in when you said it was going to be easy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard, but we'll see. Okay, you ready? Okay. I can okay. see the well, answers here, help. and I'll help I you out, Terry. Okay. <laughs> okay. You can you can you can get a couple of lifelines if you want. Okay. So there's three questions, okay. as you know. If you've listened to the show, you know there's three questions, and I give you multiple choice, oh, yeah. so that helps. Okay, ready? Okay. Okay, question number yeah. one is, since the topic today is output, the role of output, um, the first question is about the output hypothesis. And it says, the output hypothesis was first published in 1985 and is attributed to whom? A, Jim Lantoff. B, Patsy Lightbound. C, Meryl Swain. D, yes. Donald Trump. <laughs> Swain and Trump. <laughs> 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 ding, 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 ding. You're right. It was Meryl Swain, of course, was the creator of the output hypothesis. Good for you, Terry. You're down for one. Great. Okay, Mikey, okay, you got competition. Go. Mikey did but breeze through last week, so you're gonna you're gonna do better than Mikey. Okay, number two. Mikey's my bud. Oh, Mikey's everybody's, but I love Mikey. I want to marry Mikey. When learners make <laughs> output <laughs> When learner what, what? When number two. When learners make output, when they oh. produce output, what do they tap? Oh, Walter, grow up. Walter, I, grow up. No, I heard when learners make out, and I was, I was so confused. I was like, what oh, are wait, you talking about here? Oh, my gosh, oh. my gosh. Okay, you need to go out with your wife more. Okay, okay, so number two, when learners make output, what do they tap? A, explicit knowledge only. B, implicit knowledge only. C, both explicit and implicit knowledge. D, a keg of beer if they're lucky. <laughs> you always have the greatest D. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say that it's C because I don't think they know exactly what's happening in the brain to know if there is only explicit yeah, you're right. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it, most ding, learners, ding, 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 ding. even advanced learners make, even though they're largely using implicit knowledge at the more advanced levels, they use a little bit of explicit knowledge too when they're when they're making output as they self-repair and do things. So you're right. Good for you. You're two for two. Right. Ready? The monitor. Oh, there okay. you go. Here we go. Number three. Ready. Ready? Which of the following pedagogical interventions requires learners to make output in some way? A, dictoglosses. B, text enhancement. C, input flood. D, a rap on the knuckles with a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell I was a Catholic kid <laughs> growing up? Okay. Do you need to yeah. repeat those? Give me, give me A or B again. Okay, so which of the following pedagogical interventions requires learners to make output in some way? A, dictoglosses. B, text enhancement. 
Oh, gosh. Need a lifeline? Um, Check on Mixler. Yeah, Mike, Check. help. See who's Well, tweeting. Mike says it depends on how they learn that language. And then he says, yikes. <laughs> no, I think that was the one before. That was the one before. Dicto. Okay, I got that from Ryan. Dicto. Is that A? A, dictoglosses? Is that what Ryan's telling you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. ding, 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 ding. You got <laughs> one life. Yes, dictoglosses. For those of you who don't know, you don't. Uh, sounds like you may not know, Terry, what a dictogloss is. A dictogloss is where you actually, students listen to uh, a, a very, very, very short passage, two, three, or four sentences, depending on their level. Um, and then you put them in groups to recreate it. And so huh. it's in their groups they're making output. Whereas text enhancement, yeah. they're just reading things that are highlighted and they don't have to make output. Input, right, flood, right. input flood, obviously, they're just hearing a lot of language. And, yeah. 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 All right. So okay. great. Well, you get a choice here. Yay. We've got two books that we can send you in the mail. The same one that Mikey got last week from Input to Output, A Teacher's Guide to Second Language Acquisition by yours truly. Uh-huh. Or that one. Or um, uh, the second edition just came out recently. Key Terms in Second Language Acquisition uh, by yours truly and his co-author, Alessandro Benatti. Um, it's not just key terms. It also has key issues in it, key questions about second language acquisition. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, you want yeah. that one? Yeah. Okay, we'll send that to you. I'll put a little note in it for you. And, and So stay in the line and give Dustin all your, your information so he can write it down so he can make sure it gets to you, okay? Okay, and I have a comment about output. Well, go ahead. You do that now that you've taken your quiz. What? I guess I can let you do that. What I think is the best part of output is it's fun watching students communicate, even at the very simplest level. They yeah. just, they beam, they smile, and it keeps them there. Yeah, yeah. And it, it goes back to the previous caller asking about fun. And yeah. If, if you're not having fun, then they're not going to stay with you. Right. So. And I, I agree with you. And again, you go to Walter's class, go to my class, go to anybody's class here where we're teaching at the lower levels, and you'll see students are very engaged, but their, their output is appropriate for the level. It might be one word. It might be two words. They're shouting yes, no. They're shouting, you know, like yeah. A, B, C. They're shouting, you know, they're, they're engaged and interactive. Right. And as they, they progress, right. they make more and more output as a byproduct of their acquisition. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yay. You're right. Okay. Well, good for you. Well, Thank hey. you, Terry. Well, I hope to see you. You're welcome. Um, are you going to be at Central States in uh, March? I definitely will be there. Well, I'll be That'll looking be for great. you then. Okay, great. Okay. Stay on the line and give us your information. Thanks, Terry. Right, thanks. thanks, Terry. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, I think we need to get back to that email question. Yeah, yeah. I want to know about Paris. And, so basically I mean, the idea, and he made it a little romantic, of course, but Ryan is asking. He's asking this question. <clears throat> So what if I just want to learn a little bit of language to be able to survive in a place where I don't speak the language? Is it okay? Uh, and, and he's saying, well, I want, I want something that's focused on output because I want to be able to use it. Is, it. is it okay in that context to focus the instruction on output? That's basically what Ryan is asking us. When it's a, what's, I guess the question is when the goal is different. The goal isn't necessarily acquisition in this case, I would imagine. It's just right. being able to... Being able to say a few words, or you know, to get along when I'm uh, when I'm in a place where I don't know the language. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Remember the 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 the, the way I framed the question for this show was, what does output do for acquisition, if anything? And so I want to remind people that that's what I am getting at is that is that w- people mix up and try to make output substitute for input and make output have a role that causes acquisition in your head. 
Um, and that's what we want to get at, and we want to get people to be clear that, that, that that's what I would argue against. And not that output doesn't play a role in something, but it doesn't do the role that input does. Um, and so Ryan's question is a good one because you're talking about some kind of functionality so he can order snails and get a croissant and impress his fiance or his girlfriend or his I think he actually wants to order beer. Wife. Yeah. What's yeah. that? I think he wants to order beer. Why well, that? you don't know it's a wife. Based don't on be. Mixler. I mean, <laughs> um, if that's yeah, the same Ryan, I don't know. Probably. Could be. Could we order a beer or whatever? So but the point is, yeah, so you can, of course, memorize a few phrases and do that when you, when you, uh, of course, if that's what your goal is. But that's not acquisition. So, so it's something, we're talking apples and oranges here. Um, and so he's talking apples and I'm talking oranges. So yes, Ryan, of course, you can seek out something. Get Rosetta Stone. Go, go to Berlitz class for three weeks or grab somebody in the French department and have them teach you some phrases. Whatever it is, thanks for you to... Be able to order your beer, order your croissant, whatever it is you want to do, get a taxi. Um, but I guarantee you, when you get to France, um, they're not going to slow down for you. <laughs> 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 they're going to talk to you, and they're going to expect you to understand them. So um, be prepared for that. He's asking, so Rosetta Stone doesn't promote acquisition? Say what? He, he's asking, so Rosetta Stone doesn't promote acquisition? I oh my. can't say that. Wow. All right, our music's coming on too soon here. What was that all about? <laughs> no kidding. What just happened? They what want happened? us to be done, I think. <laughs> hey, we got we got one more minute. All right. Okay, well, um, that's uh, that's I guess our cue to wrap up. I don't have three minutes to wrap up, but yeah, this I'll, was saved by I'll the bell, do right? it slowly. Okay, um, I want to remind everybody next week is our last show for the semester. I'll talk about that in a minute. So um, before we get to that, I just want to uh, let people know that we're gonna we want to get our one thousand followers. I think we're almost there. If we're not there, so Luca will let us know this week, and I'll let you know through newsletter or um, next week on the show. Um, we want to thank our technical producer, Daniel Trago, our media producer, uh, Luca Giappone, uh, um, and we want to thank Dustin DeFelice, of course, who's been answering those phones and taking your names and email addresses and so on. Great guy. Uh, we want to thank the Center for Language Teaching Advancement. We want to thank, of course, uh, Jeff Maloney, who's here in the, in the booth today with us. My Maloney has a first name. <laughs> it's J-E-F-F-Y, Jeffy. I'm going to call him Jeffy. <laughs> okay, so Jeff Maloney, we thank you, of course, for all your help. We want to thank the College of Arts and Letters at Michigan State University. And as a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect those of the Center for Language Teaching Advancement, the College of Arts and Letters, any of our sponsors, or any other official entity of Michigan State University, and probably don't reflect a lot of my colleagues out in the field right now. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we want to thank all of you listeners out there, all you calling people today. You've been great. Again, join us next Thursday for our last show of the semester when our topic will be, guess what? Whatever you tweet us about between now and Sunday that you want the topic to be, we're going to go through and call your tweets or your emails and see what you want the topic to be. And then on Monday, we'll announce in our newsletter what the topic is going to be. So you're going to nominate the topic for us. And we want to remind you to retweet the actful photo. Get us on the cover of The Language Educator, our smiling faces, Angelica, Walter, and yours truly, the diva of SLA, want to be on the cover of The Language Educator. So tweet, retweet, let them know, and so on. And um, I, we're gonna have to wait till next week for y'all to find out about what my favorite tea oh, is. Oh man! You've got, uh, what? Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll uh, ask him once we get off the air. All and right. Maybe so. he'll let us know. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> green tea. All right. So that's that's pretty much our show for today, right? So now, now where's the music when you want the music, right? <laughs> there we go. Thanks. About time. My gosh. All right. Until next Thursday, have a great rest of the week and happy second language acquisition to everybody out there. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for calling, everyone.